0: Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliet Han. In this episode, I interview Cora Linda. We have a great conversation. Cora is the founder and CEO of Space Dream Productions. You can find Cora on Instagram at Space Dream Productions. You can also find them on their website, spacedreamfilms.com or spacedreamproductions.com. This is such a captivating, interesting story because I love when someone kind of goes off in a different path than maybe traditionally they thought they were going to go on. Cora has parents that are uh, an attorney and then she also has uh, one of her parents is in the medical field. So... It is like fascinating to me that someone then goes off into the very, very creative world and we really dive into all of what Cora is doing uh, in the business world of the side of her production company, but then when she's directing and doing all the different creative things within her company. Again, you can find Cora at Space Dream Productions and so many awards. They've won so many awards. I'm not going to be able to list it. We get into it into the episode, but you do not want to miss this. And we will see you for the next episode of Your Next Stop. I help small business owners shorten the buying cycle and increase sales by using key parts of their story. By leveraging your personal and business unique story, you can build a relationship with potential customers on a deeper level and help them feel more connected to you. This can lead to a shorter buying cycle and increased sales. By taking your personal and business story and kind of intertwining them and connecting those dots, you're going to reach an audience on a different level I have developed a strong intuition for understanding and relating and reading to people from a very, very early age. I have perfected my skills over the last 20 years, starting in advertising and then pivoting into interviewing, podcasting, and speaking. So what I help small business owners do is get comfortable, get confident, get get really comfortable in their story, sit in all their parts that are going to connect deeper with an audience. I help you pick those gold bits out of your story and really be able to articulate them so someone can understand and connect with you. Uh, If you're going out on the podcast circuit, if you're networking, if you're a public speaking, if you're writing a book, if you're doing stuff on social media, personal and business stories, really any part of your story that is going to connect deeper should be shared. And there, I teach you those parts that really need to be spoken about all the time or written about all the time. If you guys are interested in learning more, I offer a free 30 minute discovery call. You can uh, email me at info at The other thing I help you with is if you are going out on the podcast circuit, I really help you kind of hone in on the important parts of your story that need to be shared every time whether you're on a 30-minute podcast versus an hour. So those are some of the things that I really help my clients get comfortable and confident in doing. Again, you can email me at info at IamJulietHahn.com. Welcome back to your next Stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say it every single time and this one is going to be no different, but I'm so excited to bring you someone that has followed a passion. Welcome, Cora Linda. How
1: are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited and thankful to be here. I'm excited. And I think we connected on LinkedIn. Am I correct? I believe that's... I think so. Yeah.
0: I think we collected on our LinkedIn. So you guys, I know that you love when I kind of give you where you can find Cora and a little bit of what she's doing, but then we're going to dive into her story. But you can find uh, Cora on Facebook. So you can do Cora Linda and it is K-O-U-R-A for anyone that doesn't have a great spelling gene <laughs> like myself. And then Cora is... um she does uh, Space Dream Productions. I mean, she is a film artist. She and her husband work together, which is amazing. She's won all the kinds of awards that we're going to all get into. But you can also go on Instagram, Space Dream Productions, and then also Space Dream Films. .com. You can also find um, their work there. And uh, Cora, just I'm ex- so excited to get into this because I think there's so many people out there that don't always follow their dreams, right? They don't always follow things that light them up, their passions, their excitement. They kind of just do the safe path, which I know you did not do. So if you can just give us a little background of who you are, a little bit of where you grew up, and then we'll you know continue into your story.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, Yeah, well, I'm Cora. <laughs> That's who I am. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I, um, I was born in Manhattan and I grew up in New York and I, um, have always loved anything creative. I was always writing stories and singing songs and making things and building things. And, um, I was a little girl who told my dad for my birthday that I wanted a Barbie doll and a Tonka truck. And he got me both. (laughs) So (laughs) my Barbies would play with Tonka trucks. Like that was just, I had a very balanced (laughs) upbringing. (laughs) Um, I knew that I wanted to tell stories um, probably in like my early 20s. Um, I was on like a very corporate career path and I wanted to know everything there was about like administration and like business management and like organization and all that stuff. Because, um, that was just where I thought my passion was. And I ended up realizing that you can actually have a career as an artist, which I did not know. <laughs> and, or it seemed like one of those things that like other people did, but I didn't know I could do it. I started chasing that dream. I, uh, had a very long story that I'll save you. Um, and in, uh, 2011, I had a, um, I got really sick and I had a little bit of a medical, um, situation that left me, uh, as a wheelchair user for a little while. And, um, coming out of that, figuring out how I was going to live my life, how I was going to manage as a person with a disability, how I was going to just figure it all out. Um, I ended up starting space dream productions. I thought it was just going to be like a DBA or like something I used like you know, you see filmmakers, it's like, oh, I'm the CEO of my production company. And it's like, cool. And it's them, you know, and that's awesome. Like, that's really important. But I had no idea that fast forward 10 years, I'd be the CEO of like an actual company, like where we have people employed to work for us and contractors and multiple projects. And like, where my salary, I wish I had a salary, where my paycheck (laughs) is coming through the company. Um, so well, yeah, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to pause you. Cause I do, um, I know you, you <laughs>
0: glazed over it, but I do want to kind of find out what was the, you know, what happened that you left you in a wheelchair
1: without getting into all the like medical stuff on it. The short version is that um, my body doesn't produce energy like on a cellular level the way it's supposed to, which then limits my other body functions. Um, I also sort of as a, it's called a comorbidity, meaning it's something that exists with something else. Um, I ended up with lead and mercury poisoning in my brain tissue, which can obviously create neurological problems. So my nervous system wasn't functioning properly. Um, I am a massive outlier in that I was diagnosed within a year. And most people are not. And I think it's within the first six years, whatever recovery you make, that's said to be your max. Like you're never going to get better than you got within those six years. So I was very, very, very fortunate um, to be diagnosed very quickly and to be able to start treatment quickly, which enabled me to make a very drastic recovery based from where I was starting, which was fully unable to walk, unable to stand.
0: I just want my listeners to understand because a lot of times, you know, when someone is not on the right path um, and I believe, you know, it's God or the universe, I believe in God, but whatever you believe in, um, you know, you can say sometimes things happen And it's like a little, like someone, I was just actually on a podcast and they said like a wink from God. And I actually loved that. Um, A wink from God where like you found those right doctors because that was not supposed to be your path, but that was supposed to be part of your story. It wasn't supposed to be where you ended up, but it was part of your story and what created you. So from there, you, as you said, you then started Space uh, Dream Productions because obviously you couldn't go into an office, so your career had to kind of be put on hold is what I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, and Um, and you just gave me chills with that story, by the way. Um, (laughs) um, My my aunt uh, told me a story, I think it's an old Chinese proverb about the farmer and the horse, and I won't tell the whole long, like, dramatic telling, I'll just say the cliff notes, which is uh, a horse comes on a farmer's property, and it everyone's like, Oh, you're so lucky. Here's a free horse. And he says, maybe. And then his son gets thrown and breaks his leg. And everyone's like, Oh, that horse is so unlucky. And he says, maybe. And then there's a draft and his son doesn't get drafted in the war because his son has a broken leg. And they're like, Oh, the horse is so lucky. And he says, maybe. (laughs) And that's, you know, you never know what, what's going to kind of bump you and where how it's going to help you
0: And, and what path. And that's why a lot of people don't, uh and i shouldn't say a lot but i've come across a lot of people that you know it, their the path that they were on was not the path that god intended them to or the universe intended them for and i never say there's a wrong path there's never a wrong path in my opinion i think in every path that we're always on we learn something and we can draw from it but if we're aware of the outside world the outside kind of things coming in and we are on a path that's not meant to be our ending you know, the end path, if we listen and really kind of be observant and, and when you start feeling things and hearing things and, um, you know, so you're having a conversation and then you have another conversation, another conversation and the same sort of things keep coming up, you got to think about those things. Like You got to say, okay, why did that person just tell me I need to write a book? And why did that person just tell me I need to write a book? And why did that person just tell me I need to write a book? Some people push that away because it's like a fear. They're, oh, I don't want to do that. And what I challenge people and the reason why I have this podcast is because I challenge them to explore that. Well, why can't you write a book? Why are people telling you this? Look into it, explore it. So when you were in the wheelchair, then you became healthy. What gave you, like, where was it the space... Dream Productions? How did, was that born out of you know, your situation?
1: I also feel like sometimes you have to kind of realize that like your dreams might not come true the way you expected them to. And you might want something, but you might need to go through something else to get there type thing. Um, so for me, I was able to start working and all of my background by that point was film. And so I would day play on sets. I would work as a PA because that was easy work to get and easy work to succeed at, given that I was a trained like everything. So it was easy to just be a PA and get paid for some couple days work. Um, And then I had the time I needed to rest because I still wasn't fully strong. And someone uh, who had actually basically interned with me a few years earlier, Um, we ended up randomly connecting through uh, a roommate ad that I had put out looking for a roommate. And um, they answered it not knowing that it was me who posted the ad. And uh, they knew what I was capable of as a filmmaker and basically wanted to launch a company where I headed the sort of creative and administrative side and they basically financed it and so at first it was going to be a partnership with this person financing and me doing the work um and that didn't totally work out but it gave me the idea of having the company and of doing this and sometimes someone else coming along and saying i see you and i see what you can do and i believe in it is enough to make you go maybe i maybe i can Maybe I can do this. Maybe this could be a thing. So, um, even though that partnership didn't work out and I ended up not moving forward, um, I had already come up with the idea for Space Dream Productions and the name and kind of like had everything ready to go. So I just moved forward with it. And we made our first film, um, Names on the Wall, which we got other funding in for, um, that film is on Amazon now, so you can watch it. Um, it's on Amazon prime, which is very exciting. My first big directorial debut. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I never expected to have a company. Um, we, uh, I just moved forward. I met, well, I knew my husband, but we weren't, uh, in a relationship yet. We started dating, then we got married and we would like do little projects and just kind of put it under the Space Dream Productions name. And then there was this girl that we'd been working with who'd like PA, uh, was a production assistant with us a couple times. And she sent me this email and she was like, I want to be your assistant. And I think I can do this, this, this. And it was this really nice, like color coded, like formatted email. I thought she was just reaching out to different like executives wanting to do this. And she told me later, she's like, no, I just sent that to you. Like I wanted to be your assistant. I didn't want to be an assistant. And I was like, so she started working with us. And again, it was somebody who believed in me who saw something in me and felt like it could go somewhere. And over the years, she worked with us for years. Um, she's actually back in school now studying animation, uh, which I'm really proud of her for because she used to work like in retail and not in a creative space at all um, before she worked with me. And um, just having like these different opportunities come where it's like, Oh, maybe I can do that. Maybe I should do that. What would happen if, and then drawing on the background that I already had with like, administration and business management and things like that. I was able to kind of just like put it together until now I have like a fully formed company, which means all the obnoxious things that come with that. We run weekly payroll, we pay taxes. I have to do accounting and oversee contracts and legal matters and work with lawyers. And it's like, it's a lot running a company, but um, it, at the end of the day, everything I do is in the mission of telling stories. And, Apparently, we are one of, if not the only, independent production company that thrives entirely in a creative, educational, and activism space. We do not do car commercials or shoe commercials. Like, we don't sell anything. All of our clients, even if our clients have something they're selling, they're selling like legal services, but it's a law firm that actually cares about people and is really helping them. Or, um, They teach financial management or they, you know, educate people on how to be a homeowner, like things where at the end there might be a possible sale, but their content is all um, educational, activism, raising awareness. And then the rest of our stuff is just narrative and documentary films, which it's really cool to be in that space as a creative and be purely creative right no that's cool so
0: I have to ask you what did your parents do for a living
1: originally my my mom and I led opposite lives um, my mom wanted to be a dancer and majored in dance up to a certain point point. Um, and then uh, went back to college later and went to law school and she's now the partner of a law firm um, my dad, uh, didn't go to college, um, and continued in technical education later, and he's now a nurse. Um, and I started on a business path, unlike my mom, and switched to being a filmmaker. Um, but both my parents are incredibly creative. When my mom was a dancer, she choreographed dances that, you know, were performed at Lincoln Center. Um, my dad performed in one of them as a dancer himself. So, um, yeah, my parents are awesome. I could talk all day about them.
0: <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Now, do you have siblings or your only child? Um, I have a sister. And it, is she uh, also in the creative world or what What
1: was her path? Not particularly. Um, she does enjoy creativity. Um, yeah. We're not very close. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, there's not,
0: nothing. Is she older or younger? Uh, she's younger. Okay. Um, no, I yeah. just always get a little bit fascinated when someone has, you know, created something and then really created it, right? They created it out of their mind and then it just kind of morphed into something bigger uh, where they kind of have that. Is it one of those things that it's like, a, it's innate, you know, it's something that they were born with or is it something that they saw? Uh, because I think there's, people can go either way, especially, you know, I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and talking to people and um, all walks of life it, there always is like a little bit of a connection like oh yes my my one of my parents was a creative or you know my dad had right. a creative stint for a little while, and I just remember that that's why i you know I loved that time of our lives that's what I was chasing my whole life that's why I'm an entrepreneur or you know a neighbor or a grandfather you know someone they they saw it, and that's what made them kind of follow it and it's interesting when Someone doesn't have it in their family, right? If there's like no creativeness, where then we kind of draw out and figure out, well, where was it? What was that feeling? Was it a movie? Was it something they saw? Was it something that you know they took a class and it was like I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want a traditional life. My parents lived lived a very traditional life, but it's it's fascinating. It's about the stories, right? I mean, you're a storyteller as well. It's about the stories, and the stories connect us. And when you hear someone's story when you hear where someone was where what they became it's always a little bit of insight a window into someone's mind which i find just you know super fascinating so what what role does your husband play in the company versus what you play i mean i know you said you have to do a lot of the administrative stuff um and that you don't love that but like if you could tell us a little bit more about like the the part Partnership that you guys have in in the company.
1: My husband is basically the executive vice president. That's his like official title. So I largely manage the day to day running of the company and the strategic planning of the company and all of that, like that type of stuff. Um, the company is kind of twofold in that we have our client services. You know, even though it is all creative, there's still clients. We still have to invoice and collect payments and all that stuff. So I oversee that. Um, and then my husband does a lot of the actual creative work. Um, we met through, um, an online open collaborative production company at the time called hit record. Um, it's, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt has this, uh, creative platform now that, um, we met on about, oh my gosh, over 10 years ago. Um, and my husband was, uh, a musician and a singer songwriter and worked Um, with Joe on a couple projects as a lyric writer, as a musician or as a songwriter um, or providing music. And um, originally I connected with him from that like post-production side, but he's also a really talented filmmaker. So uh, in the actual running of the company, my husband's more like my partner in that we bounce ideas off each other. If I, you know, Need counsel or advice or I can't make a decision or I kind of need to go over something with somebody or you know, I'm presented with something and I'm not really sure. You're only as good as the network that you have and of the people that you have surrounding you. So he's like he has the biggest seat at the table as far as our partners go, of who I listen to the most. Um, we do have two other partners at the company, Nick Gambino, who's a writer. And Brian Redhead, uh, who's our vice president, special projects. Um, And they have smaller holdings. And the four of us will coordinate, but the main input comes from my husband. When it comes to our creative projects, he's both a writer and director and cinematographer. So, depending on what we're doing on the project, if he's directing, he takes the creative lead. I might be producing it, but we believe that directors are the holders of the story. So, the director makes the final creative choices. I might have input as a producer logistically, but he has the right as the director to say creatively, this is what the direction I want to go in. Um, and then like the film that we just shot a couple weeks ago, um, he was a co-cinematographer with me on it and camera op and helps with the editing. um, so, yeah, we're a little non-traditional. So I can't just be like, oh, he's the blah. <laughs> like We no, don't do it, things but I think
0: You know, one of the things I think is interesting <laughs> is that, you know, taking it back to when you thought you were going to go into, you know, you liked the business management and all of that. So the part that you're doing in your company, do you enjoy that? Or is it like, okay, I know I just have to do it because it's part of a business um, because, and I'm going to make that a twofold because there's, there's a saying like, what about your business is your shit sandwich, right? And so everyone has (laughs) a shit sandwich. And if you can eat your shit sandwich, you're going to be successful in the parts because that's like the part that you don't really like, but you're like, yeah, I have to do it. But there's people that go into any kind of business, anything in the world and the shit sandwich they're like i no i'd have want nothing to do with that shit sandwich so that's not the path they go down that's the part of the business that they're like no like with podcasting there's so many parts of it that i absolutely love the editing i do not but i have someone that does my editing because i know that shit sandwich would be a deal breaker for me if i didn't have the funds to put it back into the editing i that's not something i find Relaxing. It's not something I enjoy. I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm not good at it because I don't want to sound like I'm putting myself down, but we all have our talents, right? We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Editing details, like little details like that, are not, I am not a detailed oriented person. So that part, I would not have, you know, my podcast wouldn't be where it was today if I wasn't like, okay, that shit sandwich, I'm giving to someone else that actually likes it. So for you, is that, Like a truly shit sandwich, or do is there a part of you that enjoys the administrative part?
1: So, um, first, I just have to say that you are not alone as a podcaster. Um, A lot of the work that we do is for podcasters. (laughs) Like we edit, and (laughs) they hire us to do the editing. So, um, and even for my own podcast, I don't edit; it my husband does. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you are not not alone in that feeling. So, I will say that. It's hard for me to answer that because there's a part of like, you know, that like with great power comes great responsibility from, uh, Spider-Man. I'm totally just botched that quote. Please don't come at me. Super fans. Um, (laughs) Um, yeah. So there's nothing more frustrating for me than when I see something on the news where some company failed or there was some big problem or like, you know, there's a big me too blow up or whatever, where some senior executive is like, oh, I had no idea, male or female, you know, maybe like, I had no idea, you know, um, and they're just like, <laughs> "They're," and I'm like, it's literally your company. How did you have no idea? Like no idea as a business owner, I, even though I don't enjoy eating it, <laughs> I know and I sleep better at night being aware of things like where do our budgets stand? What is our, what do our books look like? How are we doing on our invoices? Are our staff being paid on time? Are our taxes paid? Is our contracts caught, you know, are our contract standard? It has everybody signed the contract. Are the contract terms being met? Like all of the things that anything legal finance taxes, that type of thing that's the only HR. Those are the part of things that I don't think should be creative. <laughs> like You kind of just got to follow the rules on that. Um, I don't enjoy it. And we do have a position in our company um, that we've had filled at different times. It's not really a full-time job right now, just with our size. So it's something that we don't have a designated person on, but I would like to fill that position in the future. Um even once those things were kind of handed off to someone else, I'm never not going to be involved with it. Even like we have someone who does our books for us, but once a week I check in with them, we go over it. I look at it. I make sure that everything that's there makes sense. It's what I expected. I'm always going to be involved because it's my company. And you know, everyone who works the company trusts me (laughs) like they're working for me in some form. So It's, I don't enjoy it, but I do enjoy the peace of mind that comes with knowing that things are taken care of that. I'm not, you know, when the Silicon Valley bank blew up, that was the bank that our payroll company used for payroll and all of my staff that week, any employee or contractor expecting a paycheck that week, it got pulled by the FDIC. And I was panicked and I was like, you know, talking to them, making sure they were okay. They weren't getting it screwed because they didn't have their check. My assistant is one of those people and she was supposed to go on vacation the next week. And I was like, were you counting on this money? Cause I will advance you like that. You should have a nice vacation. And you know, it, it's stressful when something like that happens. So, um, I never want to be in a situation as a business owner where, You know, the whole premise of Shit's Creek is that the guy had no idea that his auditor was ruining his books. No idea. And there goes his entire family's fortune. I don't want to be in that situation. So
0: So your shit sandwich is kind of like a half shit sandwich. It's like, yeah, I don't love it, but eh, I could, I could, I could eat a half a shit sandwich.
1: (laughs) Exactly. My great uncle used to say, do what's hard and life will be easy. Do what's easy and life will be hard. I'm willing to take a couple bites for that easy life, then, oh, crap, you know, later.
0: Right. No, I totally appreciate that. And I want to go into, and I know that you, I mean, you guys have received over 150 award nominations. You've won, you know, best picture for, uh, I I believe it's 12 and you got to, I've this all kind of in my head right now. And so from what I read, so please correct me if I am wrong, but, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the awards that you guys have won and what they've meant to you as uh, you know, and your company.
1: Sure. Um, we have, so just to clarify, uh, we have won 51 awards. We have 12 projects that have either been nominated for or won best picture. I really should know how many have won best picture. I'm looking next to me is on my shelf so I can count real quick. But, um, we, uh, the first award I won, uh, was best drama short. and. Um, an award for excellence in filmmaking in a major genre. And I'm just looking at what it says
0: on the back. No, if <laughs> so, you're watching this video back, you're like, what is she looking at? She's looking at her awards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like literally right here on this, like, this wall behind me wraps around. Yeah. So, um, no, I yeah. love that. Um, <laughs> so, uh names on the wall the first festival that we got a notification on as far as acceptance was also the first one that we got accepted to it was also the first one that we got nominated at and the first one that we won so it was very like kind of everything everywhere all at once um and winning an award for excellence in filmmaking i had spent i had worked so hard on that project i had worked so hard to educate myself. I didn't go to film school. I never went to college. I technically didn't graduate from high school because I'm so old that when I did, I uh, did my GED when I was 16, but it was before they had like computerized entries. So my information didn't get put in the computer. So when I went to look for my, my diploma, I was like, Oh, I should take this college class. They were like, we don't have a high school diploma for you. And I was like, that's cool. That's cool. I'm technically on paper. I'm a high school dropout. Um, um, the, um, all of my education has been either self-taught through experience through actual internships and apprenticeships. So winning an award for excellence was really validating and really sort of fired me up to keep going. I was so disappointed that I didn't win. I was nominated for best production design and my background was production design. That was my biggest, before I got sick, that was my biggest like drive um, and passion and training. So we didn't win that one. And my husband was like, you won excellence in filmmaking. Like that means everything. And I was like, but we lost production design. And he was like best short, like best short in the drama genre. And Amazing filmmaking <laughs> very right, right. Um, right so those were kind of like the ones that stuck out the most to me. I then got nominated for best production design over and over and over over the last several years, and we finally finally won it last year for my short film uh look to the sea and I almost cried. It meant so much to me to finally be awarded for my production design. And that film lost best picture. We were nominated for best picture. We lost best picture. And I was like, but I finally got production design. Right. Right. Um, which, Right. Which
0: I mean, it, as you said, <laughs> it was your first passion, right? It was your first passion.
1: Yeah. Um, The other award that means probably more to me than anything else is I was nominated for an independent film award called the Miko award. And it is, um, a group of filmmakers every year get shortlisted for it, that, um, it's for people who've exemplified courage, um, sorry, innovation, excellence, and courage. Uh, okay. I'm reading it. Innovation, excellent, uh, uh, innovation, courage, and excellence in, in the film arts. Um, and it's meant to be like a career award, like someone who has a substantial career established, at least at the time when I was given it. And um, after I won, I, was, I had the opportunity to thank the person who had nominated me and who, uh, Mr. Miko, who the award is named for. He had no idea that I had only been working as an independent filmmaker for three years. Like my first film had been released three years earlier. Um, at the time of the award, um, 2019. So that award, not only was it incredibly validating, because I get told so many times, no, nope, nobody does that. Or like, wait, why are you doing that? No one does that. Or, but no, no one does that. Why would you do that? And I'm like, just because no one does it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that no one's doing it. I'm clearly successful. I know how to do something. Like, and the things that they tell me about that are like giving feedback to actors after an audition. Like, actors write in, they're like, I never find out why I wasn't cast. Thank you so much. And I'm like, The notes are there. We have to process notes to figure out who we're casting. How hard is it to tell your PA, Hey, can you take an hour and just email these notes to the actors real quick and tell them why we didn't cast them and wish them luck? You know, like, yeah, but that, and that's smart. And, but that also gives you a connection. And then once,
0: you know, actors want to work with you more because they know that you actually really care. Right. And you give them feedback. So I think that's amazing.
1: I mean, I, I do care. I also have a lot of friends who are actors and I worked as an actress for a little bit, and. Actors are in one of the most emotionally vulnerable and psychologically damaging career paths because they're constantly putting themselves out there, pouring their heart and soul, and they never get a reply. Sometimes they don't even get told no. They just never hear back. Anyway, that's a whole other story. So when I got the Miko award, (laughs) yeah, when I got the Miko award, not only was it shockingly validating for not that I was shocked, I was validating, validated, but the validation was such a shock. To be seen at such an early stage of my career, I also felt immense pressure when I heard that it's meant to be like a career award, that now I have to live up to it. Like now that I have this award, it's kind of like sitting on my shoulder and everything I do has to be worthy of that. I have to continuously exemplify courage and excellence and innovation in my career. So that one not only was very validating, but it also has sort of driven me. And then obviously winning best director over and over is fantastic.
0: <laughs> it's just nice. Right. No, that's amazing. And you know, I just, you know, again, I want people to go, it's spacedreamfilms.com, uh, films.com space dream productions on Instagram. And you can also find uh, Cora Linda on Facebook and also on LinkedIn. Um, I just have to say, thank you so much for joining your next stop. It's, you know, delighted to hear and how excited you are and where you are. Um, and, and seeing what's, what's next, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's honorable and I'm, I'm just excited that you were here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And, um, I'll, if I may throw this out there, I know like all our, our company name and all of our social media is space stream productions, word to the wise for anyone starting a business, register your domain domain name, register your domain name, tongue twister before You register yourself as a DBA or an LLC or whatever you're doing, because apparently there are people who like web crawl for new businesses and they will park your domain. So I didn't know that when I started, I registered Space Dream Productions, super excited, was like, oh, we should make a website and someone had parked me. So instead of paying them the exorbitant amount of money they wanted, we just created Space Dream Films for our website um, and waited And, uh, the domain just got released and we just bought it. So now like bought it for for the normal price, (laughs) we just waited it out. Um, so, uh, we'll be switching everything over, but, um, if you're going to start a business, do that first. No one no, told me smart. to do that, but it was it's, also like 2013. So who knew?
0: No, yeah. I, I I ran into the same thing. So I think it's smart. And and my ever you know people can follow me where you know I am Juliet Hahn. Everything that is my um you know my website everything because Juliet Hahn is a professor at the Citadel and has everything. She's and she's older than me, and so she has my spelling and my last name. And so. Um, I, and I even went to look at like when my husband and I got married, I was like, I'm going to, you know, see what like my website would look like. Cause I feel like I'm going to go into business one day, you know, see what happens. I'm going to save this. And back then I was like, damn it. Someone hasn't. She's a, prof- a professor at the Citadel. So I thought that was very ironic as well. But thank you again for joining your next stop. Uh, I appreciate it. And you guys you know what to do like rate review, go follow Cora, follow myself. You know, you might be listening to this uh, episode and say, like, Oh, that's such a great story. But you don't know who needs to hear it. You don't know who right now in their life is kind of at a crossroads. You don't know who is suffering, who is you know, sick in a wheelchair, just like Cora was and what can come out of it if you give them inspiration. So send this and share this with as many people as you know, and we will see you guys again for another episode of your next stuff. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week.